Welcome to the Garden Path Podcast, life lessons and conversations from the natural world and garden. I'm your host, Misty Little. Back in sixth grade, I was introduced to the world of art via an elective in middle school. I had played the oboe in the band for my first semester in middle school, but after deciding that buying double reeds every few months was going to get expensive, and the fact that I wasn't that interested in practicing, I switched my elective to art the following semester. I was hooked from the get-go with the wonderful Mrs. Walker, my art teacher, who taught us about pointillism and expressionism as we made our own art that year. I loved it so much I continued on with it every year in middle school and eventually submitted my portfolio to be judged into the honors art program in high school. Eventually I lettered in art my senior year, but I knew that I struggled with the quality of my work because of that pesky thing I dealt with in band, the lack of practice. And if I thought double reads were expensive, do you know how much good art supplies cost? My life diverged from art when I went to college, but much like my love for reading, I would find my way back to it now and again during those four years. I continued dabbling around with art after college, and then, with my own money and more free time, I had the opportunity to study it for myself and play around with different media. In high school, I had loved mixed media, and I still do, but then I found myself in love with oil painting and soft pastels. It was easy to become a collector of art supplies with a discount coupon to Michael's and a keen eye for the clearance racks there. Watercolor was always a subject that seemed to define me, though, and one in which I didn't really enjoy nearly as much as I did the oils and the acrylics. A loose pastel was about as freeform as I wanted to be, but still I found myself drawn to watercolors. So back in the 2000s, I would pilfer through Wet Canvas, an online forum for art enthusiasts, and through blogs to gain inspiration. Both of those still exist, but as Instagram took over our lives and social media, I created my own special account just for my art to follow artists of interest. I originally became aware of nature journaling from my friend Kate Dolamore, who was a guest in November of 2019 on this podcast. I had always admired her art journals that she shared every month, which chronicled the nature she saw while hiking. And she's such a talented watercolorist that it made me intrigued to find out if I could master watercolors myself. So sometime in the spring of 2021, I started following more watercolorists and nature journalers on Instagram. And then later that summer, I found the most delightful podcast called Journaling with Nature. I devoured episodes from Australian Bethann Burton and really began diving into that world of nature journaling and what it was all about. A lot of nature journalers work in watercolor, but a fair number use pen and ink or brush pens to accomplish their artwork. And I had always loved the idea of actually completing a full sketchbook. I had several half-completed sketchbooks, but never a full one. Finally, I decided to commit to it, a real nature journal just for myself, which I started in September of 2021. So what is nature journaling, you ask? Well, it sounds simple, and it is, but there are many variations. But the most important part is to make it your own. In a blog post from the International Nature Journaling Week, also created by Beth Ann Burton, Nature journaling is the practice of drawing or writing in response to nature. In other words, we sit, observe, draw, and make notes on what we experience in nature. There are so many things to tell you about nature journaling, so I will start by talking about my own nature journaling this last year and then delve into the who's who of nature journaling and how you can get started on your own. 
When we moved into our house in 2012, we started keeping a small notebook for noting interesting animal sightings. We kept track of it for a while, or my husband did, but it did fall by the wayside. And then several years ago, I heard on Margaret Roach's podcast an interview about the naturalist notebook, a way to write down and observe nature for yourself in a five-year perpetual calendar sort of way. Unfortunately, during this last year, I found that I was tired of dealing with this small note spacing for each day in that particular book, and that I was really bad about keeping up with it. So that book was actually very interesting in other aspects because authors do provide many tidbits about noticing nature that you can easily incorporate into your own nature journal. But again, that spacing and writing only portion didn't really work for me. Plus, as an avid blogger, my blog posts are almost an archive for my observations. I don't blog nearly as much as I used to, but it's still a valuable source of information. And maybe someday I will do something with all of those posts. So that is where nature journaling came into play. I wanted to work on a sketchbook habit and also wanted to document the nature around me. And I came up with a plan. I set up an Arteza watercolor sketchbook that I just got off of Amazon. It was 8.25 by 8.25. And I'll put a link in the show notes for you so you can see it. And it provides enough pages for me to set up a one week for each page and then have extra pages later for notes or watercolor swatches or whatever. It also had a handy clear pocket on the inside of the back for any ephemera you may want to put in there. I have some extra pages left at the end that I'm using for yearly reflection notes, but you could also, you know, draw extra things that you see that didn't want to make it to the main pages. So a year into this, I'm realizing that you can really be as flexible with it as you want to be. My goal is to just start creating a practice. So that means I am often drawing from photos I took during the week and not out in nature itself. I don't always have the time to sit and paint something for 30 or 45 minutes. So sometimes it's easier just to do it when I have time later. I also keep my note taking to a minimum, mainly noting the plant or animal I painted and a short sentence about it. So many nature journalers actually get way more detailed about their note taking. They include weather and wind patterns. Um, if they're doing a study on a tree, they will note anything <laughs> about it, about the bark, about insects. It's, it really does vary. So as I mentioned, the medium involved can be dependent on personal preference. And I chose watercolor because I, again, I wanted to strengthen my watercolor skills, but people use pen and ink or pencil and markers. Um, if you choose watercolors, I suggest using something other than a beginner set or a student set. I originally began with a Windsor Newton Cotman set, but over time I realized I really just didn't like the paint and the way it worked on the paper. And I've since broadened out into the art philosophy watercolor sets as there's a whole bunch of palettes and they're all affordably priced. Um, they're a bit better than beginner paints, but they're not going to break your budget as some other professional grade paints might. And I definitely enjoy them, though they do have their limits. Um, I also have some tubes of Daniel Smith watercolors, and those are a professional line, and I really enjoy those. And if you have the money to splurge, I definitely uh, would say invest in something like that. And over this year, I found that working from photographs just has worked the best. Um, but I hope this coming year I can find time to get outside and work in the journal from nature more often. 
So Beth Ann Burton and her podcast was basically one of the biggest entries into nature journaling for me. And it opened up a whole wide world of nature journalers out there to gain inspiration from. So the biggest name is probably John Muir Laws, a naturalist and educator who has written countless books, both on nature journaling and field guides. He teaches classes both online and in person throughout the year. And I highly recommend you dive into his YouTube channel for just a trove of information he has to offer. Um, he has done a podcast series with artist Danny Gregory this last year, the Art for All podcast. I highly recommend that one as well if you're not just for nature journaling, but just art in general. Danny is someone you should check out uh, if you're just interested in keeping a sketchbook um, beyond his nature journal. He's a very well-known sketchbook artist. And he has a prolific YouTube channel as well and a great newsletter. In Bookland, Claire Walker Leslie is hailed as the go-to along with John Muir Laws uh, for nature journaling. And while I've not read any of her books, I've heard countless people on podcasts talk about her. So I know she is someone worth reading and learning from. There's really, there really are so many wonderful people doing nature journaling work out there that once you start digging down, you will find so many interesting people to learn from. And I'll share a list of some of these folks on the show notes for the podcast so you can check them out. So one thing I enjoyed noticing this last year was realizing like the cardinal flowers were about to bloom when I flipped back through to the first entry from last year, the first week of September. It was a fantastic reminder that the seasons change and everything has a season and we get a chance to enjoy it again. Documenting it in photographs is one thing, but taking the time to put it down on paper write a little bit about it, commits all that to memory and possibly more than it would have if you just snapped a photo on the go. So I encourage you to start a nature journal of your own. Uh, at least start sketching here and there about what's going on around you. You don't need to be good. You don't need to wait for the right moment or right for the new year to begin. I started mine in September of last year and you know life isn't always favorable for keeping up with it but that's why it's so easy to look at a photo a few weeks later and catch up which is what I spent the end of August doing was trying to catch up this summer from being extremely busy. Um, again I think merging our love for the outdoors with our creative habits and sides and you, you might think you're not creative but we all have a little bit of creativity in us and even the most talented artists started somewhere and they began and they practiced. So I'll share a few entries of my own journal on the show notes for the podcast along with links that I mentioned above at thegardenpathpodcast.com. And if you want to chat about nature journaling or have questions, feel free to email me at thegardenpathpodcast at gmail.com. You know, I'm not an expert. I can certainly lead you on to the, to the experts out there. And if you're a nature journaler and gardener or nature enthusiast and would love to share your um, story on the podcast, I would love to hear from you. You can email me as well. So that's it for this episode. I hope it inspired you just a little bit. Thanks for listening and happy gardening.